Welcome to Lessons for Leaders. This week I'm talking to Jay Unwin, who is a mental and physical fitness coach, and we talk about why we need to look inwards at our own habits and routines to reduce our stress levels, how we need to be adapting to the current lifestyle, how that feeling of fight or flight is becoming a general concern in our everyday life. And we also talk about our identity and the ideas that we have about ourselves and how we can perceive ourselves in a different way. And listen right to the end for the one easy top tip that Jay gives to help your daily routines. So join me on today's episode. So welcome to Lessons for Leaders. Each week I bring you lessons, learnings, tips and advice to enable you to lead with ease in business without the stressed out and overwhelm so that I help you increase your performance, be resilient and thrive in life. I'm Emma Langton, your host, leadership coach and workplace trainer helping you and your workforce increase that performance, improve well-being and make the impact that you want in the world. Now, recently, I've been seeing an increase in organisations contacting me to discuss wellbeing workshops for their employees. Even though we've got a lockdown timeline for releasing restrictions, I'm seeing an upturn in stress levels and it's affecting performance and mental wellbeing, particularly when we're being challenged with remote working. So if that's the same for your organisation, then I have a limited amount of virtual workshops that I'm able to tailor and deliver to your organisation so that over the next six weeks, we can ensure that your people are able to reduce those stress levels, even in challenging situations, so that they're able to get proven coping strategies and be able to perform at their best whilst improving their mental health and well-being. If you want to talk about this support or any longer-term plans, then get in touch with me at my website, emmalangton.com, and we can have a conversation about what we can do to support you. One client said, Emma's training honed in on current issues perfectly and she was able to vocalise what the group were feeling and pinpoint the underlying causes and issues whilst also offering very attainable and actionable solutions. The feedback has been fantastic and the team is much more confident and better engaged and able to focus on their work. I would highly recommend Emma. Oh, blushes. But yes, that's exactly what it is that I do. So please do get in touch with me. I'm always happy to have conversations. If you're not ready to do that yet, then you can get onto my newsletter. Again, link in the show notes and information on my website at emmalangton.com. The newsletter sends out tips, information, statistics, the latest reports and the current organisational trends that are happening right now so that you don't have to dig around for it. It comes out monthly, so you can guarantee that I won't be spamming you. And finally, a request from me that if you haven't hit the subscribe button or left a review for me, then please do go and find the little button and leave a review. Let me know your key thoughts and your takeaways and what you value most from the podcast. If you hit subscribe, it makes sure that you never miss another episode. 
So this week I'm talking to Jay Unwin. Jay is a mental and physical fitness coach, speaker and author of Fit Body, Fit Mind. He delivers seminars and workshops to companies who are looking to improve the fitness and well-being of their people. Jay specialises in habit and lifestyle change rather than the typical sort of diets and workouts. So Jay, welcome to the show. It's really great to have you here. Well, thank you so much for inviting me on, Emma. I'm really looking forward to it. Brilliant. So would you just like to tell the listeners a little bit about kind of what got you into working in this area? Well, I'll give you I'll give you the abridged version because otherwise I'm going to start with something like it was a dark stormy night <laughs> and go into some kind of really detailed and dramatic explanation of my life story. But essentially, I've burned out a couple of times in past careers. My past career was a, as a science teacher. And I, I mean, it's a great career if you can handle it. But unfortunately, I couldn't and I lasted less than two years. And I burned out quite spectacularly, had to leave that uh, that that career behind me. And I decided I wanted to go into a uh, into an industry which would help keep me healthy rather than make me unwell. So I was yeah. looking externally for things I could change essentially to to improve the situation I was in. And I thought, well, you know what, I've I've recently developed an interest in in fitness and uh, and well-being. So perhaps I could retrain in that area. So I decided to retrain as a personal trainer and I went into that angle of of health and fitness. And after a few years of doing that and going through various bits and pieces, including owning my own gym for a little while, I actually burned out again. And so my change hadn't really solved the issue that I was faced with. And it was at that point that I really started looking inwards for answers rather than externally, rather than looking at my career and my job and all of these kind of things. I thought, right, what I need to do is look at my own habits, my own routines, my own beliefs, my own kind of patterns of thought and see what uh, what I can change there in order to avoid this burnout, recover from the burnout that I was that, that I just had, but also then avoid slipping down that old slippery slope again. So I started developing this philosophy around mental and physical fitness and how fitness is our ability to cope with and recover from stress. Originally, it was just for me. And the more I came out of this pit that I was in, where I was unable to work for six months, I'd lost my business entirely. The more I came out of it, I realized that if I was going to be moving back into that arena of coaching people with their well-being, I could use the same principles that I was using to recover myself and uh, and then avoid those same pitfalls again. I could use those things as the as the principles of my coaching, and that's what kind of led to where I'm at now. The the kind of philosophy that I put together and and is the basis of everything kind of I speak about and write about. Yeah, and that, do you know, and I love that. Well, apart from the slightly chuckling and then thinking maybe I shouldn't really chuckle when you went and then I burnt out again. Um, thinking... Oh, feel free to laugh at anything. <laughs> I've, I've got a sense of humour about it all now. You'd have to have, wouldn't you, really, yeah. if that's the kind of um, in- introductions that you're going to give people about yourself. But yeah, I love that you talk about instead of just doing the external stuff that you're beginning to look inwardly, because that's a big part as well That's of, of what I do. What do you think is the biggest challenges right now for supporting people with like stress and, and this world of mental health and well-being that we've had? I think that the biggest challenge really that over the past 12 months has been the as as it always is in some form or another is adaptation to change and you know you and i've mentioned about adaptability in previous conversations we've had and and the idea of 
being able to cope with a changing environment is absolutely paramount when it comes to um, you know even just surviving life really never mind thriving we need to be adaptable but if you look at um, the theory of evolution you look at natural selection and Charles Darwin on, on the origin of species which was my favorite area. I was biology was my subject and my favorite area within biology was ecology and evolution and so I was fascinated by this concept of natural selection which is often kind of quoted as being survival of the fittest and and that's right to a degree but when people imagine fittest they think physically fittest or strongest yeah. or toughest and the actual definition, if you like, of natural selection is survival of those species which are most adaptable to change. That's, that's, what, that's what fittest means. It means the most adaptable. If you are the fittest species, you're the one which is most able to survive in those given circumstances, in that specific environment. And so fitness from that perspective, from an evolutionary perspective, is to do with adaptability because the circumstances around us will change. That is, you know, you hear that phrase, the only constant in life is change. And it's absolutely 100% true. true. Stuff will change. And so our fitness is our ability to cope with and recover from stress. It's our ability to deal with the stress of our changing environment, uh, to cope with that and recover from it and adapt to the changes that are going on. A pandemic, a global pandemic to the scale that we had with COVID-19 and still have is... Uh, you know, it could have happened any year. Now, the stress that has come about over the last 12 months is most people are just not used to. Absolutely. And I think that that's been a huge challenge for people to they've been thrust into this, uh, this chaotic world, where you realise that actually what you're relying on is quite flimsy. And that's a that's a big that's a big learning curve for people. Absolutely, totally. And one of the things you know, when I do some of the talks and workshops on the the kind of managing your stress and anxiety as I talk through the fight, flight, freeze response yeah. with people and talk about how your adrenaline kicks off and then that raises your stress levels, blah, 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 blah. And But then I say to people that ordinarily, some of the things in our today's world that kick off that fight, flight, freeze response are not actually life and death. Yeah. And then we've had a pandemic where we've had a virus that actually did bring us back a lot closer to life and death than we ever knew. Yep. So some of the things that are affecting people that are raising people's stress levels are about the fear factor. The fear element is is massive and it, it doesn't matter what side of the kind of I guess, political spectrum, social spectrum, all of those things, there's, there's fear abound for the past 12 months and whether that is fear directly of the of the pandemic or the fear of uh, manipulation by media and governments and all this kind of conspiracy theory it was a good year for conspiracy theories last year it really was. phenomenal it, it gave me some light comic relief to read some of the stuff that was coming out but at the same time there's a very serious side to that because um, those conspiracy theories are preying on that fear and that uncertainty. Viruses are really scary things because they are uh, difficult to understand. And pandemics and how they spread and the, the, the societal implications, the economic implications, it's all terrifying. And then if someone goes, I'll tell you whose fault it is, that's very attractive to people because it gives them an answer. It gives them a very clear, visible enemy 
Absolutely. And then we we are yeah, we want those answers. And if we have gaps in that information and those answers, then we have an ability to kind of fill those gaps with stories that we tell ourselves. Yes. Which is um, another thing that that I kind of go into. But all of this then comes back to raising the stress levels of people. Yeah. And then what we don't have though, or what we haven't had, is the all of the lifestyle choices and activities that reduce the stress levels by increasing the feel-good chemicals that we have with connections and interactions and our exercise or and even you know where you're talking about instead of looking at external things like the health and fitness and there's loads of people saying well I'm missing the gym and um, I'm not able to go to the pub etc etc but actually when we do look within us where are we looking for those negativities all the time are we kind of you know supporting the underdog are we you know have we got that fear factor kicking off and some of it is coming from the inside of us too and one of the big things that I do when I work with some of the sort of senior leaders and things like that and they say to me well you know I was all right when I could get to the gym every you know every day after work or or two or three times a week and I would say to them even before the pandemic I would say what are you going to do if god forbid you broke a leg you're not going to be able to get to the gym how are you going to maintain your mental health and keep your stress levels down if you can't go to the gym yeah you know and then that kind of theory has come into play over the last year and everything so what sort of things do you um, advise that people do well having flexibility built into any routine is vital for for allowing for stuff like that to happen and this is something which i've made glaring errors with over various periods of my life where i i i'm very i'm not anymore but i used to be very all or nothing and again this is a a typical human characteristic where you feel like if you're gonna do something you're gonna do it properly and the the issue with that is that when let's say you've got a gym routine of going to the gym for an hour every night five or six days a week and uh, and then for some reason you're unable unable to go and i mean you were talking about an injury another way you know that we've had is i mean we we i don't think before this we would have ever used a what if a global pandemic hits as a possible thing because it would just seem so far-fetched but here we are um exactly and- i mean i used to say to people yeah what do you know what if you um um and i used to go um um, um thinking i don't want to jinx it i don't want this person to walk out <laughs> you know and have some terrible accident but yeah I yeah. never even thought of global pandemic. No, but that's now that's right up there in in all of our um, consciousness and exactly. uh, and when we're thinking of when we're thinking of plans that we're going to make and things that we're going to do, it's always going to be in the back of our minds. Going, what if there's another global pandemic? Um, but yeah, the, the flexibility is key because if that happens, if something happens where where outside of our control, a spanner is thrown into the works somehow by another person's choice or by chance. Because we are at the mercy of both of those things. We like to think we've got control, but realistically, we don't have very much control over our lives at all because other people will make decisions that affect us and things will happen by chance. And so if we can let go of that rigidity and that necessity we have for knowing exactly how things are going to be done, then that means when the gyms close, we just go, cool, all right, gyms are closed, what next? 
And the best thing I found for allowing for that is to do with your identity and our our self-image. Because if there's someone who has always had a self-image of being unfit and unhealthy and sedentary, and they decide they're going to join a gym and they're going to do like a 12-week personal training program, they're going to go on a diet and all of these things, they haven't actually changed the underlying issue of the way they see themselves. They're, they're plastering over the cracks. And this is why a lot of people, when they finish the 12 weeks, they, they go back to what they were doing before, because they still see themselves as a sedentary, unhealthy, unfit person who's trying to get healthy. Absolutely. And that's what, what, what we're back to again, isn't it? The adaptability, again, which we talked about, which is part of what makes us so um, resilient. I think there's a lot of people if they do stop to think about it, it may well be pleasantly surprised at, at how well that they've coped, even if it's not quite in line or at all even in line with how they would like to be living their life in the last year. But they have coped and they have survived and they have got through it and they have found different ways to do things, um, different ways to be you know, going for a walk and, you know, creating other activities and entertainment like different cooking and quizzes and various things like that. It has, I think, brought out a lot of creativity in people, I think. It is important to kind of, we're all our own worst critics, aren't we? We We all are very quick to judge ourselves and very quick to put ourselves down. And I wonder how much of that is social conditioning and trying to not appear arrogant perhaps because we're conditioned to be like humble which is good I think humility is great but I don't think humility I don't think it's a binary option why why either you're being completely 100% modest or completely 100% arrogant you can be I think arrogance is more about um bigging yourself up for stuff that isn't really that great or having an overinflated sense of self-worth perhaps but being proud of what you have achieved isn't arrogance being proud of what you've achieved is actually treating yourself with respect in the same way as you'd be proud of a loved one or a friend for having achieved certain things if this was someone else who has gone through what i've gone through over the last 12 months and responded in the way i've responded over the last 12 months and dealt with it the way i have over the past 12 months if i was observing this externally what would i say to that person if i had the chance yeah and most of the time because people tend to be pretty decent. I'm an optimist when it comes to human nature. I think most people are inherently good people. Most of the time we would say, good job, you've done really well. And if we allow ourselves to see it from a third party perspective like that, it's almost like we don't have to tell ourselves good job because we've done it by proxy, by taking ourselves out and going, oh, actually, you know what? I've done all right. (laughs) This has been a really, really kind of unheard of um, situation in, in in our lifetimes. And we've done all right. We've, we've survived. We're getting through it. We're still surviving now. Stuff's really bloody hard sometimes, but that's okay. We can deal with it as it comes. It's like a realistic positivity. And I think, yeah, I think we, if we look back on that and give ourselves some credit where credit's due, I think that that can go a very, very long way indeed. Yeah, absolutely. And then it kind of calms down all our internal system as well, doesn't it? And, and reduces some of that fight, flight, freeze response that I was yeah. talking about. 
reduces all the kind of adrenaline surge that causes some of those um, sort of stress levels to rise and then you know enables people to be able to think more clearly and be more focused and manage the situation even if it is really difficult mm. or really unpleasant it does enable them to kind of manage it a lot better and then it's got those small well-being habits that then fit into your lifestyle that then help you everybody with a feeling like they're still achieving that gives a yeah. sense of achievement that increases the feel-good chemicals that then gives them the kind of can-do attitude and yep. then recognizing that even if there is everything else. So if there was just one thing that you were you would tell listeners to do to make maybe some of those small changes or to give them that sense of feeling in control of those stress levels, what would that be? This that is a really hard question because it's so, it's so individual. <laughs> it's so so individual for anyone. Anyone that's listening to this will be facing different challenges they will be in different living situations they will be working different jobs in different hours and so I would say the best place to start is morning routine and this works across the board for anyone really whatever their living situation whatever their family situation whatever their work situation if you're working nights and things like that yes you'll have to tweak it based on those kind of things but if you look at the routine when you wake up before you go about your day it is usually the most routine oriented part of the day it's usually the most consistent part of the day even if it doesn't seem like it because you've already got a routine your maybe your alarm goes off you get up you go to the loo you feed the dog you um you know you make yourself a coffee you jump in the shower whatever it is there's a routine and yeah. most people have slipped into this habitual process that they don't even think about those things anymore and that's the power of of habit because it automates behaviors yeah and it's either working for you or against you. It's working all the time. And so if we can assess that morning routine and go, is that morning routine moving me towards my goals or is it moving me away from my goals? Is it, um, is it serving me? Yeah. And, and what we can do is we can tweak little habits. And now what I don't recommend is going, right, I'm going to get up at five o'clock in the morning and I'm going to go and do an hour's run and all of this crazy stuff because you will not stick to it. It really doesn't matter what the actions are necessarily. That's the bit that's personal to, to you. But the key thing to take away is look at your morning routine, assess whether it is serving you or whether it's stressing you out, whether it's making you. And when I say stressing you out, it doesn't have to be conscious. It can be physical stress on the body by not looking after yourself um, and make just maybe three tweaks to that morning routine and stick with just making that focusing on those three changes for the next four weeks until they've become more habitual that is the place to start and then you can just rinse and repeat that but keep it simple keep it small and make it realistic for you and your lifestyle absolutely i wholeheartedly agree with that so if people wanted to get hold of you where can they do that the best place is to find me so you can find my website at fitbodyfitmind.online um, you can also have a listen to my podcast which is on anchor fm slash the real jay unwin you can find me on instagram my handle on there is the real jay unwin uh, you can also find me on linkedin jay unwin <laughs> nice and simple um on linkedin is mostly given over to my other work um but 
if you go on there and you think, hey, this isn't the health and fitness guy, it is. I just work in sales as well. Um, so just if anyone finds, finds me on LinkedIn, I am on there a lot, but it just may seem to be uh, seem to be other stuff. But any of those platforms, come and say hi, interact, send me a message. I'm always happy to kind of answer questions or to clarify anything if, if anyone needs it. Fantastic. And the most important bit that you missed out as well is that you've also got a book, haven't you? Fit Body, Fit I have got a book. You've got a book. Oh, yeah. So I'm going to put the links to everything in the show notes for all the listeners. Jay, I want to thank you so much for spending this time with me. It's been fantastic to chat with you. Yeah, really enjoyed it. Thank you for inviting me on. It's been a pleasure. So to all the listeners, again, the links are in the show notes. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please do go and leave a review, share it with your friends. Jay's podcast is fantastic too. So hop over and find that. And then I will see you again in the next episode. Bye for now.